You are listening to How to Rewrite Your Stars, the podcast that is all about helping you to change those stubborn patterns that seem as firm as the constellations in the sky. Here, you'll find people just like you, sharing their stories of triumph, courage, and hope. How they were able to rewrite the stars in their own life. This is the show for you if you've been looking for that person who overcame, whom you can relate to, or if you're looking for the tools to be able to change your own story. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, a life coach and mentor who's been working on self-mastery since I was nine years old. Join me now as I welcome another phenomenal guest to have them share their story with us today. Today's episode is sponsored by Starlight Mentoring. Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. Today, I've got Gianna Tralongo. Did I get that right? That is, yes, correct. (laughs) Awesome. I... uh, I there's part of me, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, it's like, I should, what if I like ask them how to pronounce their name first? And there's the spunky side of me, it's like, I'm just going to wing it and hope I'm right, and they'll correct me if not. And it's fun. <laughs> you got mine right. Most people don't get it right. So kudos to you. <laughs> well, thank you. We've got Jana here and super happy to have her on. She is a time-saving strategist for busy mom business owners. Her passion is giving women permission to prioritize their business over the mundane of motherhood. Because when a woman doing work she loves, she is a better mother, spouse, and human. Love it. And I think that's important. You know, motherhood gets this bad rap too often. And it's like, it's really cool. You know, obviously I'm a guy but you know I had a mom (laughs) it's like thanks mom (laughs) yep I I have a wife we don't have kids yet but we're planning on it and you know I think if we understood it better it would be just easier isn't that right I really agree with you. And I think that's why doing podcasts like this and talking about our motherhood experiences is so important because you tend to, until you have kids, not really like get into the real side of motherhood. And then once you start having kids, you're like, okay, I need more information. I need to like hear more stories. And that's why these stories are so important. So that every mom knows she's not alone. So many of us experience the same things, but we really feel so isolated, especially in the early years. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like my wife, not so much right now, but you know, right after we got married, she's like, baby, 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 baby. I'm like, somebody's baby hungry (laughs) and you know like I said we want kids we just have not gotten to that point where we have had them yet but it's also like okay like I really really hope my wife understands and I'm sure she does but you know there's that part of me that's just like I really hope you understand this is more than just what you know baby it's it's like all of it It's something that you can't, because everybody tells you like everything changes when you have a baby, your body, your relationship, all of it changes. You have no, no matter how like logical you think about it, you have no idea until it actually happens. So you can only prepare yourself so much and then, you know, you just kind of smacks you in the face. (laughs) Well, Well, it isn't the best way to prepare for change to just get used to changing. Yes. Yep. So and, and release the, 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 the need the to control. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Want to get ready for having a kid? 
just get ready to change. <laughs> exactly. So podcast over because that's the secret. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep that's really funny though because my husband and I were the opposite he like pretty much after we got engaged he was like baby I was like, whoa can we get married can we process this a little bit first before we jump off the deep end please so we were opposite of where you guys were <laughs> that's funny uh, that's funny all right well let's hop into your story shall we Oh, where do we start? <laughs> That's always a great question. I never know what to say because everyone, I, I don't know your story. <laughs> Everyone's different. You, know. you know, you're before whatever that looked like to your now and whatever that looks like, right? Yeah. yeah. So my, I always say I'm really grateful. My husband and I got married when I was 30 and we got pregnant a year later and we had been together for six years before we got married. And a big part of me is really, really grateful that we had that time. Like we, we worked hard and we play hard, we played hard and we traveled the world and we had a lot of time, um, to just enjoy life. And I think though, that's part of the reason that when I got pregnant and we had our son, it was so much drastic, dramatic change that it, it really did hit me. It really did hit me hard. And Nobody, like I said, you can read all the books, you can watch all the shows, you can listen to all the podcasts, but until you go through birthing a child and all the things that come along with that and those early months after, you you can't really know how you're going to handle it. And there are some women and I, I'll be honest, I'm very jealous of these women that have these great pregnancies and these great births and these amazing like newborn experiences. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't like that. I had a really hard time breastfeeding, which I felt like I had to do because that's what they tell you you're supposed to do. I had a really hard time transitioning into being a stay-at-home mom when I had worked since I was eight years old. Oh, wow. um, and it was it was hard. Every piece of it was difficult. I really struggled in the beginning to bond with my son, which is something that not a lot of people tell you. Not every mom gets their baby on their chest. And it's like, oh, this was, you know, the moment that I've waited my whole life for. Some women do get that. There's a lot of women that don't, that have this moment of like, you just handed me a stranger. What do I do? <laughs> like my body basically just went through like a car accident. What do you mean you're sending me home from the hospital? Um, so I, I had, I had a really, a really hard transition and I struggled with postpartum depression. And because my preparation for having a baby was about the nursery and the baby shower and picking a name and not about what that post-pregnancy birth experience was about, I was shocked. I was shocked of like, I mean, I have no words. That's how shocked I was because it wasn't what I expected. And then on top of it, there was a significant amount of guilt of, you know, this was a baby that we want and we got pregnant right away. We didn't struggle. I should feel lucky. I don't have to go back to work. You know, I, I should feel lucky because I have to, I get to stay home, but I didn't feel any of that. And so there was so much guilt around it that honestly, 
it was just dark like that when I talk about those like that first year after my son was born it was dark it was like being at the bottom of a dark hole and not even having like a pinprick of light that it was going to get better so yeah that was hard and then we surprise got pregnant with my daughter when I was six months when my son was six months old wow um and after my son was born I was like I'm done with kids get me out of here no more and my husband was like quietly in his head he told me this later was like I really want one more but like I know things are bad with her so I'm not gonna push it but like I hope she changes her mind and you know the universe had the plan of (laughs) you don't need to change your mind you're pregnant again um (laughs) And I would love to tell you that like the moment I found out I was pregnant, that's when everything changed, but it wasn't, it made things darker. I was, I was, I've never been that scared in like finding out I was pregnant again. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even show up as the mom that I wanted to be to my son. And now here I was like going to have another baby. Mm-hmm. And if we fast forward a little bit, <clears throat> things didn't really change until I had my daughter and she is a quarantine baby. You know, we had her in June of 2020 and because of everything that was happening in the world, we decided to have a home birth. And I mean, that's a podcast for another day. (laughs) (laughs) We had a home birth and it was the coolest, most empowering, magical experience of my life I was in labor for her with her for 36 hours which that part wasn't magical (laughs) that sounds like wow yeah it was long but there is something about like not being in a hospital be like this very just organic and uh, I don't know if primal is the right word but like does it get any more just like natural than here I am having my baby in my house. And there was something about that experience that like really healed my heart. And I, there's not like any other moment besides having her knowing I was never going to have another baby. And (laughs) I was done with that. It was, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It it was really healing. and, And there was something about having her at home that gave me a lot of permission to stop listening to all the stories that people around me told me about what motherhood should be like stories that I learned growing up about what, you know, motherhood should be like, what society tells us a mom should be for some reason, having her at home. It's like, it gave me permission to put my note, my noise canceling headphones on to anybody else's opinion on what I should be doing, except my own. And she was two months old. And in the middle of the night, I was up with her. And that's when I decided to start my business because I wanted to work and I had skills to bring the world. And that like really healed me even further. So that's like the long and short version of my story. And here I am with a three-year-old and a two-year-old and a successful business. And um, it's something I'm incredibly proud of to go from where I was to now. Yeah, that's phenomenal maybe if I had my wife listen to this episode and just this first snippet, she'll finally be convinced to have a home birth. Cause I mean, again, I'm a guy, but I like learning and knowing about what people don't teach you in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first heard about home birth, I'm just like, that's interesting. And then the more I learned about it, the more I'm just like, this is like, 
so much better like so so much better and i've tried to tell her i'm like hey like i think this would be a great idea and she's like are you crazy and i'm just like <laughs> Well, I got room to work here. <laughs> and again, is, it, she's the one going through the process. So it's not like I'm gonna call out how it needs to be. Right. But I'm also like, right. okay, but like you grew up in the country with like no resources, and I grew up in the city with resources, and like um I, I feel like I know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> again, not to and at the same time, I wanted her childhood. So, you know, yep. you're better off. It is, having a home birth is a mindset situation. You have to be completely prepared to go through the roller coaster of an experience that there is. But I will tell you, like getting to sleep in your own bed after having your baby and getting to eat like good food, not hospital food, like that. And for us, like we, because we had my son who was only 15 months to like leave him to go to the hospital and have my daughter, that. I didn't feel good about that. So yeah, he no. just like came in, I was in the bathtub, d- newborn baby in hand. And he got to come in and like meet his sister immediately. Really, really cool. That's cool. Yeah. I'm just stroking my chin over here. Like, well, hmm. she has to be, she has to be ready for it. So maybe uh, just right. provide her some resources. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm also um, optimistic because she's all of a sudden caught the spark group personal development mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm about to watch a wildfire this is great <laughs> <laughs> no so i feel funny. like i'm going slow <laughs> oh that's good right mm-hmm. and not because it means i need to do more but at the same time not because we each go at our own pace but it's also like okay but like i want to step up the pace now because mm-hmm. i feel like i'm going with somebody instead of just you know Yes, that's so, by myself. that's so good for a marriage that you're just like up leveling, even not at the same time, but just on your own paths, but still kind mm-hmm. of together. Yeah, yeah. So you ended up having that healing and it was really awesome. And you started the business. How did that all come about? So before I had kids before I got married, I was in hospitality my whole life. I was a wedding planner. That's the job that I left. Um, I was the director of operations for a wedding planning company. Um, I've always had this skill of like planner. I li- I'll show you this. I know, I know we don't do video, but I'll explain it. I have this Britney Spears notebook <laughs> that I, that I keep in my, um, in my desk to remind me. This is from a Disney trip that I went on in college that is literally the budget. That was before like spreadsheets, our planning calendar right here. And I keep it as a reminder of like this, this was like truly a God-given skill that I have always had. (laughs) I like the reminder. Um, And originally, so I had also been in a network marketing company, dabbled before I had kids. And my initial reaction when I decided to have a business was to go back to that. It's kind of what I knew. I, you know, I figured I could make it work and I was doing market research and I had a friend tell me, she said, and this is, this is like no shade on network marketing, but she said, I think you're too good to go back to this 
network marketing company. She said, the skill that you have, she has her own PR company. She said, I would literally hire you to, to do what you do for my company. And so that's what you should be doing. That's how you should be spending your time. And I really started to realize in the online space, how much was missing that catered specifically to moms, because the way that a mom, especially with young kids, can do business is very different (laughs) than how a single person, person without kids, person even with older kids can do business. And that's Mm -hmm. really how I set up my, my company to help other moms like me that, that want to stay home in some capacity, but also aren't fulfilled by sitting on the floor playing Play-Doh with their kids. They want something more, but you really have to have the time management skills to be able to do that. Um, So that's really, I really put my feet to the fire. I invested in somebody that could help me um, like really understand my brand and all of that right away, because I wasn't messing around. I was like, (laughs) If I'm going to do this, this has to work. If I'm going to be up at 4 a.m. working while I'm hanging out with my newborn, like this has to work. Um, So I really just put my feet to the fire right away. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was at my in-laws. I think, I think it was either as I was engaged with my wife, you know, obviously fiance at the time, um, or maybe even just boyfriend girlfriend, but you know, I was sleeping on the couch, and the her sister had a you know like a couple month old that was in the playpen in the same room as me, and you know they started fussing in the middle of the night. I'm just like, okay, let me just pick them up, start you know, walking around with them, and I I didn't think anything of it. I'm just like, okay, yeah, like you know, kid needs help mom is over there going through a divorce which is sucky but she needs sleep and you know i can help and then i'm trying to think i think it was again not at the time but my mother-in-law now i think she finally woke up it was like oh my gosh like how long have you been taking care of him it's like i don't know <laughs> 40 minutes here we are <laughs> <laughs> but you know it it was also really good for me because um or i i guess easy because one i didn't have to do it all the time but also there was a wood stove there with just embers crackling in it and i just love stirring into fire it's so Mm -hmm. therapeutic i love it Mm -hmm. and so you know i just you know sit down on the ledge and just have him there and you know if he started to get a little bit fussy okay stand up walk around whatever Mm -hmm. um I find it funny when people, when I hear of people that have no experience with children because I'm second of five. (laughs) So you have all the experience. (laughs) So I totally helped out with my younger siblings. You know, my younger brother who's next after me, not too much, but the other two, I'm just like, oh, that changed diapers. Like. That's lucky. I had changed very few diapers. I had held very few. I was one of those people that like, if I would go visit a friend with a newborn, I'm like, I'm not until the, (laughs) until the baby can hold up their own head. I'm not touching you. So then here I am with a newborn. I'm like, wow, you're so fragile. (laughs) 
<laughs> so fragile. It's scary. And it is different when it's your responsibility 24 seven, but now, you know, two years removed from having a newborn, there is something kind of I hate this people. If they have newborns, they're going to hate me for saying this. I'm sorry. Cause I would have hated me for saying this too, but there is something a little bit magical about those early morning hours when it is just you and this little human that needs you, whether you're mom, dad, sister, boyfriend, whatever, there is this like connection that's created in those moments that is really special, but dang, when you are in it, it's hard to think of it like that. One of those things that comes with time. Yes. Being able to change your perspective from a distance and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. Yes. It didn't I'm not feel like it at the time. But yes. <laughs> I'm not I'm not as sleep deprived now. So it's a lot easier for me to say. So if you're listening to this and you have a newborn and you're sleep deprived, just ignore me. It's fine. <laughs> I know it's hard right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. So transitioning, I think, into kind of what you help people with, you know, the moms and figuring out the time, like, um, you know, what, what's some stuff you can share with us on that? Like, who, who do you help and what do you help them with, I guess? So I, I primarily work with moms that have their own business that is an online business um, or it might be product-based business but it's something that they for the most part run out of their home Um, most of my clients have younger kids but I, I work with moms that have older kids most people come to me and they're like all right I'm ready for all the like time management tools I'm time management hacks and I teach them that but the like secret sauce that I slip in there that they don't really know they're signing up for is the mindset around being a mom and juggling both. I don't believe in balance. I think the word balance, especially for a mom is not real. Um, I like to call it the juggle because you're juggling like some rubber balls, you're juggling some, you know, glass balls, and you kind of have to decide what ball can drop, which one's going to break, you know, it really is a juggle, not a balance. And there's, can I throw something in here? Please. This is me having worked in a glass industry. (laughs) Glass is actually a lot more resilient than we give it credit for, you know, obviously (laughs) the thinner it is, the less, but obviously I'm not saying to constantly drop glass balls but you probably don't have to stress as much as you are (laughs) okay fair enough i need to tell that to my husband who constantly like breaks my coffee mugs in the sink when he drops (laughs) okay but that's ceramic (laughs) okay fair enough enough. (laughs) but yeah there's so there's so much like search for the balance the balance the balance and there's my clients have a tremendous amount of guilt around, you know, a lot of people talk about mom guilt and they do have mom guilt. If I have a business, am I ignoring my kids? If I'm working my business and I put my kids in front of the TV for 30 minutes, am I a bad mom? And that is something that we work through first before we can even touch like the actionable, tangible time management tips and tools and hacks. We have to work through the, the, mindset piece of, and I'm going to say this, and this might not be a popular thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have seen in the generation before me, a lot of 
martyr moms, the moms where it's like, and you even hear it when you, when you hear like people that have been successful and they talk about my, their moms, my mom gave up everything for me. My mom did everything for me. And they say it as this really beautiful thing. And my question is always, was your mom happy though? You know, it's like the generation before us, it was, we do everything for our kids. We're there for our kids. We sacrifice ourselves for our kids. And I think our generation is finally starting to try to change the narrative on that, that what makes you the best mom is you being the best human, you doing what you love. You, I I don't love filling your cup, but like you filling your cup in whatever that looks like to you, you showing up in your best version as your mom self, but also your best version is just like a regular human. And that's not something that most people, people just innately have in them. And that was one of my struggles too, in those early, early days of motherhood. Okay. Well, well, you know, my husband and I, we decided that I was going to stay home, you know, which wasn't a decision I was crazy about, but we did it. It was right for our family. And it was like, okay, I'm home with a newborn. It's also my responsibility to clean, to have homemade meals, to, you know, even when I wanted to go, to go to bed early, to hang out and watch TV in the living room with my husband, because that was like the right thing to do as a wife. He didn't put on, he did not put a single one of these things on me. It was all something that I had created in my head from the stories that were told and that we see and all of that stuff. And it's such a like 1950s, like Joan Cleaver version <laughs> of what motherhood is supposed to be. Be a proper mother and wife. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I just started, I, I know I'm so behind, but I just started watching Downton Abbey and some of the, the <laughs> expectations of the women in that show. It's like that, that was a hundred years ago, but women are still experiencing some of those pressures as we become mm-hmm. moms on ourselves. And until, you know, with my clients, until you accept the fact that you as a mom, as a woman deserve to live a life alongside motherhood, you're going to be really, really unhappy. You really are because even if it's not starting a business, if it's just being able to go, my mother-in-law always talks about like, she loved being a mom. It was her calling. She, She was so happy with it, but she says, I needed one morning a week that I could go and play tennis. Like that's what made me happy. And so she had a sitter one morning a week for my husband and my sister-in-law so that she could go play tennis for two hours. And for her, that was what she needed to fill her cup and be the best version of herself. And it's different for everybody, but until you accept that as part of your responsibility as a mom, life is really, really hard. Well, in talking about, you know, filling the cup versus juggling versus balance and all that, um, an example that I heard a few years ago that I really like is it's like that spinning the discs on top of sticks trick, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure how to explain it other than that, you know, discs or plates spinning them on top of sticks. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never tried it. I don't know how it actually works other than, you know, you spin the rib and the person sharing the example is like okay you know talking about balance or juggling let's use this example instead you're going around you have all these areas of your life that you're trying to keep running normal keep spinning keep moving well how do you manage that well you can't just be over here spinning the one and let all the others fall off 
and crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So you have to be aware of what's happening in your life and take care of the ones that need attention now and be aware of what will need attention next. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very reactive view, but you can also look at it proactively and say, okay, let me spin this one. Okay, that one's about to start wobbling or it's the least spinning. Let me go help that one. And, and, you know, just, I've been thinking of that example as you've been Mm -hmm. talking here. And it makes me think, you know, somebody who's in that type of an act or that type of a, you know, whatever you want to call it, if they had something that was, you know, making them just light up, it'd be so much easier for them than if they're just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. So, so where you're saying to have that thing, whatever it is for you, to where it helps you light up. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, I don't know, going to Monster Truck Rally. That's super random, but... <laughs> especially for a mom but you know whatever do you (laughs) if that's your deep dark secret of what you love it's okay you're safe with us (laughs) listen i will tell you my deep dark secret last week i went to leaky con which is a harry potter conference and that is so nerdy but i love harry potter i have since i was a kid and i got to go by myself for the whole day my husband stayed with the kids and it made me so dang happy. When I came home, I was like, kids, I miss you. I love you. Like it just, so if it's monster and, trucks. And, it's and you went around or... spinning all the discs and you jump between them a lot better. And you did a lot more good attention to them. And is that like the leaky cauldron? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love that example of the spinning plates because it's actually, it's actually not reactive at all because I just went through this with one of my clients. She's, she's getting ready for this big push season, September and October and November. Like mm-hmm. it is going to be intense for her and her business, which is exciting. She's excited about, it. she wants it to be intense. She's got big goals, but she's listing out all these things. And I had to bring her back just a little bit and say, I want you to hit all of these goals, but you're forgetting you also have, you know, X, Y, and Z things that you have told me you want to do with your family. Are you blocking those out on your calendar now so that those are a priority? Are you starting to, uh, she loves to cook. So are you starting to make freezer meals so that when you're working all day long, you can just pop something in the oven ready to go versus having to make dinner. That's how you are proactive. I call it a seasonality is there are seasons where your business is your priority and you are pushing and you are spinning the tar out of that business plate. And then there's times where that plate's okay by itself. You can leave it alone and you have to turn around and you have to start spinning your family plate. Um, You know, one of the things I- And you can ask people to help spin your plates. Yes, you can. That is a great point. And that's what she did. She sat down this week with her husband and said, this is what's coming up for me. This is what I need for childcare. This is what I need from you. This is where we're at. So that as a family, they're prepared together. A lot of times, you know, it's another like toxic trait of a mom is we feel like we have to do it all on our own. We're afraid to ask for help, or this is a big pet peeve of mine. And I, can say this because I was this way. We ask for help and then we feel some type of way when they don't do it the way that we would do it. Who cares? My husband does not fold the towels the way that I do, but do they fit in the linen closet? Yes. So who 
cares? That just saved you 20 minutes from folding your 75th basket of laundry this week. Who cares? <laughs> so asking yeah. for help is imperative. And something to be added on to that. And again, I, I agree with your first point first and would add this second. If only one of you cares, the other could learn to do it how the other one cares. That's true. And am I perfect at that? No. I like when I fold the laundry, I'll fold my stuff and maybe fold a couple things in my wife because I'm just like, I, I know you like them a certain way. I don't know how that is. <laughs> but I took care of my stuff. Yes. It, I mean, it's true. My kids, again, they're toddlers. And when I do their laundry, I don't fold their laundry during nap time or when they're in bed at night. I fold the laundry when they're with me and they want to help. They don't do a good job, but who cares? They're toddlers. It doesn't matter if their clothes are folded nicely. Like as long as they fit in the drawer, they're so happy helping me fold. And then instead of wasting that 20 minutes during their nap time, I have 20 minutes to work. I have 20 minutes to move my business forward instead. And so really letting go a lot of that need for control, which I'm a control freak. It's hard. I get it. But letting go of some of that control only benefits you in the long run. Yeah. And an idea, I don't know if you know about this one, but you can play go fish with the socks. Hmm. So, so you can create. Tell me about this. It. No. <laughs> it's something my mom tried way too late <laughs> to get us to boil the laundry. <laughs> it was after it was already indoctrinated us that laundry sucked. <laughs> she tried way too late but you know she learned way too late so okay um, good for me to know now perfect timing <laughs> right right um but the idea is you know socks have pairs how do you play go fish with pairs so you draw like five out of the pile or you know however many and then you're like hey do you have a sock like this go fish and I then you pull one this. out of the pile and then you know you you end up matching them and folding them and you know you can win or not win or whatever but you have fun with it i love this idea but yeah she, she tried that way too late with us we lasted maybe <laughs> two or three weeks and then we're just, <laughs> Mom, we're just trying to get us to work <laughs> <laughs> my my kids love to help and sometimes it's really hard because it does make things take longer i'm like listen i'm not going to deter you from helping me because i don't want it to get where they're older and they're like this is terrible which might happen anyway but it's fine <laughs> yeah and i wanted to address the guilt moms as well um mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm an example here of how it might work out even if you are feeling guilty. Um, maybe I'm not saying this exactly how it should be said, but maybe I am. The point I'm trying to make here is, you know, despite being homeschooled and you'd think my mom was always, you know, like, okay, here's your syllabus, here's your education, blah, blah, blah. Like, I played video games like 40% of my waking hours, <laughs> if not more. The dream. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not like with consoles or anything, but just, you know, on the PC, I was just like, oh, yeah, Commander Keen, let's go. 
which uh, kind of dates the games I play, but it's okay. <laughs> the fact that if you said you, on your PC, I feel like it dated you a little bit. Fine. Oh, oh, oh. When I was like 10 years old, I asked my grandparents for their old PC that was in 98, I think, and they gave it to me for my birthday. And so I had my own computer that I had like all these games on. And every now and then my mom would be like, hmm, yeah, you guys should do some schoolwork. Uh, here, let me print out some math sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to begin with, it was the addition subtraction because, you know, that was our level. And then later mm -hmm. she pulls out multiplication and I'm just like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, like a kid. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, excuse me? Like, that's hard. I don't want to. <laughs> and she's Take like back to my video okay, games mom but like let's you know like and she tried to walk me through it and eventually I got it and, and I think it's funny because I'm certain that I was just dragging my feet most of the time instead of actually doing it because I knew mm -hmm. I could do it and didn't want to do it because I don't have to do more <laughs> so you're very smart <laughs> oh I am so smart I knew you wait and and you know, if you've got kids nearby, maybe pause it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wait until mom leaves the driveway, not the house, to get on the computer. If she just leaves True. the house, boom, she comes back inside. Just Always. Like split. You don't have time to close out of the game. And, you know, our computer was like right around the corner from the doorway. So, you know, and, you know, what it was, start L and all of a sudden the computer's locked. Gosh, dang it. Because, you know, I had my computer, but the computer upstairs had better games. Of course. <laughs> and of course. so I, I learned very quickly, you wait until mom leaves the driveway, because then if she comes back, you can hear the car coming back into the driveway and quickly close out and then go back to pretending to read or do something else <laughs> or just be in the bathroom or go downstairs or and then you wait until the door closes and then you come back upstairs and wait for the car to leave again. <laughs> But the truth is moms always know. Moms always know. They might not bust you on it, but moms always know. <laughs> I like really to funny. think otherwise, but you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure my mom doesn't know a lot of the time I was on the computer. But, but it was, this is actually really funny. At this point, I'm a super night owl, but when I was six years old, I would wake up at like 6 a.m. because my mom oh. would get up at like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And so I knew if I got up then, and, and you know, at the time I was the good kid who would go ask permission. So I'd go up to her bed <laughs> and be like, mom, mom, can I play on the computer? And her wanting more sleep and not wanting to argue or do anything was just, yep, sure. <laughs> just go leave away. me alone. <laughs> Every now and then it was a uh, stop asking me and no, you can't. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know that phrase really well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'd have a couple hours to just play on the computer. I became very wise without, you know, necessarily the right, quote unquote, right ways. But, you know, at you this know point, I've just learned to use my power for good. I would love to know <laughs> from your mom if she ever felt guilty about that I, or I'm very curious now that we're talking about this, did she ever feel guilty about it? Or does some of this mom guilt of our generation, and I know it existed in generations before us for sure, 
but does some of it exist now because of social media and all the experts telling us how we should and shouldn't parent and all we have access to all this information as humans, but like as, as a mom, you have all this access to what she's doing, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And so I would love to know, like, before all that happened, did moms have the same level? I mean, we, we didn't watch a ton of TV growing up, but Saturday morning, we sat in front of the TV for three or four hours with my dad and we watched X-Men and we watched Spider-Man and we watched like all these shows back to back to back three, four hours worth of TV on a Saturday morning. Now there is mom guilt associated with like how much screen time you give your kids, whether you're sitting and watching with them or not. So I would love to know, I might have to ask my parents too, like what their level of parent guilt was. Now yeah. this is sparking I, these thoughts in my head. Too. That makes me curious. <laughs> but I'm also laughing over here because three hours is nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We didn't watch a lot of TV, but like three hours for us when we were kids, was like, oh, it's like the gold mine. <laughs> it, yeah, I, it was like one o'clock until 6 p.m. most weekdays. <laughs> Because that's when oh. they're, well, when did Sesame Street run? Was that one o'clock or 12 o'clock? Anyways, after Sesame Street, because I didn't care for that. Mm-hmm. You know, after Sesame Street was over, I think it was probably two o'clock. I think Sesame Street ran at one. Just super random, but you know, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once Sesame, are- Street, <laughs> once Sesame Street was done, it was like, okay, click. And, you know, between the two channels with the kids shows and which one do I want to watch? I don't want to watch that one. Okay, the other one okay, let's go to the educational channel. That's all handmade. Dude, this is awesome. I, 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 if anyone listening knows the UEN handmade, how to get a hold of those videos, please hit me up. I so want to watch them again. They're so good. It's basically, it's, it's, it's trades. It's people, it's videos demonstrating trades of like woodworking, Mm -hmm. ice sculpture making, like pottery and all these so good but i can't find them anywhere i think they only air on tv i'm just like i don't want to find them on tv what channel were they on like pbs channel 9.1 uen on utah utah education network oh got it um the the other two channels i watched was pbs (laughs) we were big pbs house people are either loving this and are being so nostalgic with us or they're like we've turned off this podcast because we have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) it's like what (laughs) we were we were a big bill nye family we were really big we fans never of bill nye. watched that i don't know if it never played or if we just never found uh, it oh that's sad um the the couple i've seen i'm like this is nice mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah but but you know for, for the bomb guilt like this is how i grew up mm-hmm. and you know take a look at how i am now you know judge me if you will Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I feel the same way. We, again, it's one of those things like we grew up, there's certain things that I would change, of course, but we grew up eating happy meals sometimes. And, you know, we turned out fine. I don't know. I don't know. I do know that the people that I work with and the moms that even, you know, don't have their own businesses, every mom has, has a different level of mom guilt. And for me personally, I've really worked through the majority of it, of really giving myself permission to be myself. I don't know why, but when I had my son, I felt like I had to show up as a much more adult version of myself. Mm. And I don't know why, because my dad 
always called himself Peter Pan. He would always say, I, I never, I don't want to grow up. And he would, he would sit and he would watch X-Men with us and he would play Legos on the floor with us. And he would, he would do like the super soakers in the backyard, you know, the water guns with us. And, but for some reason for me, I felt like I need to be more adult now because I'm a parent. And so I'm telling you the moment that I let go of all of these things that I should be doing in, as a mom. And now as my business continues to grow, there's just as much like I should be doing in business. Um, the more successful I am in business and also just the happier I am as a human and as a mom is you get to show up in your life. However you want, you just have to take ownership of what that is. And you see, it's interesting as you were mentioning that your dad's like, yeah, I'm Peter Pan. I don't want to grow up and he's playing there with you. Mm-hmm. That honestly, that tugged at my heartstrings a little bit because when I was growing up until like six years old, I either had to wake up way early if I wanted to see my dad before he left for work and I, it was pushing bedtime to see him at night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then he switched jobs and then it was, you know, I could wake up just a little bit early, not too early and, you know, catch him and be like, hey, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he was home like, you know, around six or so. So it was instead of like eight. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was able to see him more. But, um, and, you know, I as I say this, don't don't hear me wrong. But as I say this, I'm just saying it how I saw it. Um, but my mom was just on the computer all day long. I don't know what she did. Mm-hmm. You know. Obviously, I don't think it was anything bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she, she loves researching just mm-hmm. random things. When we went to Disneyland in 2012, she had done months of research. Did mm-hmm. you know you can get discounts on your tickets by taking classes there? No. I, don't know, I don't know if you still can, but back yeah. when we went, they were like, yeah, if you take these classes where we teach your kids all these science principles while taking them through the fast pass line on these three rides. That's <laughs> you awesome. Those principles, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I get to learn and get in the fast pass line. <laughs> just line me up. Yes. And, and you know, it wasn't like the, okay, one of them was the Dinky, right? There was the Goofies, whatever. It was California Adventures. Goofies, whatever, flight, school. But then there was Tower of Terror and the, what's the fast coaster called? California Screaming. You know, mm-hmm. the, the limb powered, which is what we learned about roller coaster where you go from zero to 90 in like, mm-hmm. like 10 seconds. I have only been to Disneyland one time, but I live 10 minutes away from Disney World. So we go a lot. <laughs> um. But, but yeah, so, you know, that was a large part of why I would just play games all the time is, you know, I never, okay. And, and as I'm saying this, I'm remembering my mom actually took us on a lot of field trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to know, you know, all around me mm-hmm. really well, you know, this historical site, that historical site, this cool thing, that cool thing. We went to the grocery store all the time until my sister was old enough to babysit us, in which case my mom was like, and I'm free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that but um she felt she, it she, in she her soul stops taking us to the store <laughs> especially me i was um still am very energetic <laughs> <laughs> 
And going to a grocery store with a guy like me, like even my wife sometimes is just like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. That's how my son is. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. That's so funny. <laughs> That's 100% just, how my son is. <laughs> you get a goofball. It's great. But, you know, it gets old when you're doing it like all the time as mom. So, mm-hmm. you know, despite not getting it, I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I So my parents were, they made the decision that, and these are words from my mother, and this is, I think, where some of my, you know, guilt came from was she didn't want, my parents had decided they didn't want anyone else to raise their kids. A combination of that and the price of daycare. Um, and just like after school care, as we got older, my dad worked during the day, my mom would start dinner and then my mom worked at night. So my dad would come home, finish dinner and feed us. My mom would get ready and run out the door and go to work. So they worked opposite schedules in order to make it work so that they didn't have to pay for daycare and they didn't want somebody else raising their kids. Um, you can't see me listeners, but I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because my kids are in, at this point, my kids are in an in-home daycare three days a week because it's what I needed for my business to continue to grow and for my sanity to stay intact. Um, And, but the reason I'm saying that is everybody has to make the best decision for their family, but Mm -hmm. my parents are divorced. And so a big part of me thinks like it, that's hard to maintain a marriage when you're working opposite you know, schedules and bar- yeah, you, barely you having time for each other or dinner rather. Exactly. And... For a kiss on the cheek and a breeze out the door. And you have to, you have to make the best decision for your family, but I am also very much against, and I've kind of already said this, this, like, I have to make the best decision for my kids only. It mm-hmm. really has to be the best decision all around. Yeah. Um, you, your spouse and your kids. Mm-hmm. that's your family. Yep. If it's not by the definition I use. Right. I agree with you. It cannot just be, it cannot just be about what's good for the kids. It really has to be what's good for the entire family unit. Um, but it's, I mean, any decision that you have to make as a parent is extremely difficult. I think part of what I, the message I want to bring across is you have to make decisions to keep yourself happy too. <laughs> you really, yeah. really do. Your kids are with you for at least 18 years. And if you're unhappy for most of them, they know that and they oh, feel yeah. it. Yeah. My dad, super, super, super angry until he finally quit his job in 2013. And then he got introduced to personal development. Mm-hmm. He started really changing. Mm-hmm. And my parents were just, um, you know, living on their stockpiled savings. And then, you know, between the two of them, they decided my mom would go back to work instead of my dad. And he'd focus on trying to do his business. Um, but my dad finally became someone I wanted to be around after he quit his job mm-hmm. because he stopped having so much anger. And, you know, there is so many different facets of what that actually was that, uh, won't bother diving into that but it was when he was finally able to look at himself and get out of environments that were you know, toxic honestly mm-hmm. that's what finally drove him out is his manager changed and it was somebody that was 
really, really, really bad and got he the manager got fired. Because <laughs> uh yeah, and this was like very large company. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a pretty situation. But it finally got it finally got my dad off and he says it was the last gust of wind to set my ship a signal. <laughs> <laughs> rather than being the star that broke the camel's back but good for him for making a decision like that and I don't think we give ourselves or other people enough credit it is always easier to stay comfortable even if being oh, comfortable yeah. is toxic or hard it's easier to stay in your comfort zone people deserve so much credit and applause standing ovation when they make a decision that alters their path and that gets them out of their comfort zone. I'm sure that even though it was healthy for him to leave that environment, it was probably really hard after years and years of working and leaving the home. 10 years working there. Oh my gosh. It must've been so hard for him to make that decision and then like figure out, okay, now I'm home all the time. What am I doing? (laughs) Right. And he and my mom, they were not too happy living together because they'd spent so much time apart mm-hmm. and you know they've worked on it but at the same time it's like okay what can I learn here that I then do the same or different mm-hmm. very true very very true yeah and I think that's one of the most important things we can do is we're getting ready to be parents or just anything in life honestly is okay, based off the previous examples I've had of where I want to go, what do I need to start doing that they weren't doing? What do I need to stop doing that they were doing? And what do I need to change that, you know, they are doing, but it's not exactly how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. My husband and I talked a lot about that both before we got married and it was like, okay, these are the relationships that, and, and not just marriages, but these are the relationships that I I'm inspired by this is the characteristics those relationships have. These are things that I saw that I don't want. And we, we started to do that and we continue to do it now as parents more. Mm -hmm. I see this people doing this and I'm not really into it, or I see this happening. And I, that really is how I want to parent. And there is, you have to take all of it into your own hands. And I mean, that's when you talk about like rewriting your stars, a big part of it is your stars do not rewrite themselves. There, yeah. It's not luck. It's not just like magically raining down on you and going to happen. You have to take, you have to take it into your hands. Yes. You have to be open to the possibilities that come. You have to kind of somewhat go with the flow, but But when I think I was thinking this podcast, like, how am I different than other women that have gone through postpartum depression or struggled with their motherhood journey? And the biggest thing is I refuse to stay unhappy. I refuse to stay sad and dark and in a place where I knew I wasn't the best version of myself. And I didn't always have the solution, but I knew I was going to find the solution, blood, sweat, tears, whatever it took, I was going to find the solution. And there were a lot of different things that I tried and journeys that I had to go on, but I took control. I stood up for myself. I said, I was going to rewrite my stars, not in those words, but you know, I was going to, I was going to steer the ship 
And that's the difference between people that stay stuck and unhappy and in hard situations. I mean, oh my gosh, I was listening to the podcast episode you did with your friends, the couple that um, the husband's in a wheelchair. Yes. And I thought, I, I mean, some of it, I was getting chills listening to it and thinking they really did take a hard, hard situation and created a path for themselves to, to make their family happy, to make themselves happy and to pay it forward. And again, that's something that not everybody can do, but the moral of so many of these stories that you're telling is people that decided that made the choice. I am not going to stay stuck. I'm not going to stay guilty. I'm not going to stay unhappy. I mean, I don't know how, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to make things better. And the moment you make that choice, and it changes everything through. and follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, three frogs are sitting on a lily pad. Two of them decide to jump to the next lily pad. How many frogs are on the first lily pad? Yep. Three. Yep. Because they only decided to, they didn't act. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of, you have to make the choice first. I think that's an important part absolutely, of it. Absolutely. But, but once the choice is made, you can't sit on the lily pad. You mm-hmm. gotta jump. I you agree with jump. you. <laughs> It's a two-step process. <laughs> yes. It, and, you know, I could say one or the other is the hardest. Honestly, it's super simple. It's not necessarily easy. They mm-hmm. both have their own challenges. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you decide, you're directly confronting everything that is trying to keep you where you are. Mm-hmm. And then when you act, you're going against all of the previous programming you have. Yep. As well as all the voices coming at you mm-hmm. saying, you can't do that. Don't do that. Stupid. Stop. Whatever. What, mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And, or I don't need to change. <laughs> right. And that's where, you know, in part of the decision making process, it's really important to come up with your why. Mm-hmm. because if you don't have that then mm-hmm. you're going to get flown about so hard mm-hmm. people are going to knock you around and it's going to hurt and you're your why that with yourself right your but your why has to be for you when i talk to my clients and they say well my why is for my kids mm, no you're no out. Mm-hmm. what is it inside of yourself what is it for you? And, and maybe it's, I have to be the best version for, uh, I have to be the ve- best version of myself for my kids. So that X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever that is, but your why can't be about anything external. It has to be about how you want to show up in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just let that one sit in for listeners. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Rewind and listen to it again if you need to. <laughs> last three minutes, or even this last minute. Yeah, that's what that's what gets you moving forward is the decision to act and the acting. Mm-hmm. You, you you're you're not going to get anywhere hoping that a stray shooting star is going to pinball all your stars into how you want her to be. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. My husband and I just had this conversation yesterday. We were talking about prayer and manifestation and how 
so many people just pray or they are just like, I'm going to manifest this. And it, it, the truth is you have to pray and move your feet. You have to manifest and move your feet. You yeah. there, the action always has to come with it. You people that are like, I pray to win the lottery. Well, you're not going to win the lottery. If you never buy a lottery ticket, you know that, I mean, that's a very simple example, but you have to make the choice, say the prayer manifest, and then make the plan. And, and really what I find myself doing with a lot of my clients is they know what they want. They know their goals. They have like that burning desire, but they get stuck on the action piece because the action feels hard. And there's so many options. And do I have time? And, and you know, you're going into the unknown and you're going into the unknown. Oh, that makes me want to sing frozen two song, but I won't. <laughs> Don't do any more. You'll have to pay Disney for using their song. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's true. And that's why in where, at whatever stage in your life, a lot of times having a guide can be really, really helpful. I, when I was really dealing with postpartum depression, I, by accident found another mom that had already been through it. And she really pushed me that it wasn't something I was just going to be able to figure out on my own. I wasn't able to just solve this on my own. And sometimes having that guide, whether it's a coach or a mentor or your best friend or, you know, whatever that looks like, sometimes you do need that guide to hold you accountable and help you take the action. And it goes back to what we said earlier. It's okay to ask for help. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. Once you make that choice, you just, you got to do something. You got to put some action behind it, whatever it is. Yeah. It's... Yeah, ships are safe in harbor, but that's not what they were made for. Uh, and going back to the example, if it's not going to be some shooting star pinball, all your stars into alignment. More often than not, if you're not doing anything, it's going to be that shooting star knocking one of your stars that you really like completely out of the picture to finally wake you up. Yep, that's that's a great way to say it. And by all means, try to not get to the point where you've had some really hard loss in your life before you take right. action. I know that's what happens for a lot of people, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't like your life's not, you know, a lifetime movie. You don't have to wait until something drastic happens to move to the country and live your best life. Or, you know, right. it doesn't have to be like that. You can take action now. And we're, we're talking about like big, hard things, but even small things you can you can make a choice and take action on something that you want to change immediately after you stop listening to this podcast. You don't have to wait for anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something right now that and we've already talked about that. Um, maybe it's not even directly related to anything we've said, but there was that idea that just you know came to you and you're just like, oh yeah, I should do that. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's like, maybe you need to pause right now, write it down or even just start acting on it and then go back and finish listening to this episode. We approve that. We approve that choice. <laughs> if you never end up listening to the rest of this episode from here on because you paused and you went and did whatever you were supposed to do, great. This episode was a success. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree with you. Because too often we just listen and listen and listen, get all this information, which then teaches us about our potential and about all these ways we can express ourselves 
and we have all this stuff within us wanting to get out and we don't let it and then it just weighs us down weighs us down weighs us down until it depresses us it presses mm -hmm. us down to where you don't feel like doing anything mm -hmm. and you get all anxious about everything you're not saying mm -hmm. and everything you're not doing because you didn't act on something simple mm -hmm. that's the scary part or the negative part about having access to so much personal development, so many podcasts, audiobooks, you get to the point where it's knowledge on ice. It's literally just sitting in your brain and you're not doing anything about it. And so you can listen to a thousand, you know, personal development podcasts, but if you never do anything about the information that you've taken in, what does it matter? You basically just wasted your time. Yeah. yeah I've been there. Me too. Oh, me too. And, you know, I dare say that I've come away since and that I'm constantly working on doing better. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that I don't still fall into the, oh yeah, like that'd be a great idea. And then just let it be that. Mm -hmm. And we all, we all do that. And it, every it, idea isn't meant to be acted on. <laughs> it, it, and sometimes you act on it and then something comes up and you stop with it and it's okay. I started a TikTok <laughs> <laughs> doing like that with the trumpet, you know, doing <laughs> and it was great fun. And I, you know, 3D printed myself a little bugle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was awesome. And then I started consuming TikTok more than producing on it. And I was like, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Does it mean I've closed the door forever? No, but I've uninstalled the app, put my phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I go back to it, I'm going to be very deliberate. And I thought I was, and I was, but you know, that type of social media really, really pulls you. Even if it you're does. only on that front screen for a half a second before you click onto your stuff, you're like, oh, wait, what was that video? And then you scroll and mm -hmm. scroll. And... Now they have a, a feature that you can turn on to once you've been on it for 10 minutes it says you've been on for 10 minutes it's time for you to get off it's it's like as, within as if anyone will listen to that i do because i do Good for I, you. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe three percent of us on tiktok follow it <laughs> but it does suck you into the point where you're like how was i just on here for 10 minutes yeah but but to they're, your they're point, like 15 second videos i know you know sometimes they're it's, longer but it's like are you kidding me how many did i just uh, watch you know, that's mm -hmm. 40 videos. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It's scary if you start thinking Assuming about it you watched much. all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to go, to go back to your point, and this is going to be very cheesy for me to say, but like life is a journey. And when you start looking at it as a journey, instead of a destination to get to a destination mm -hmm. to get to, it takes a lot of that pressure off. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm con continuing to move forward. Yes. I tried TikTok wasn't for me right now. I'm going to, but I'm going to keep going. That doesn't mean right. I'm stopping what I'm doing. Um, and that's a really, really important thing to remember, especially in parenthood, because the moment you think you've arrived, your kid goes through a different season. As soon as you have one season handled, you do, you know, the next one, 
we just potty trained both of our kids. That was a very humbling experience, you know, right as soon as, right as soon as you think you've got it figured out, it changes and you just have to, you said at the very beginning, you just have to sort of develop the ability to just flow with it. Yeah. I mean, we are what, 70% water? Like maybe we should take a lesson from ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, there was a comment I was just gonna make. It's funny how ideas just come and go. Mm -hmm. Especially right when you lay down to go to bed at night. <laughs> Honestly, the reason this podcast took off and I started actually being consistent with it was because of an idea that came to me right as I was hitting the hay. Really? And I happened to have a pen next to my bed because I had a journal there mm -hmm. and I was like okay I don't want to write this down in my journal so I took a Kleenex <laughs> used the journal as a clipboard essentially uh -huh. <laughs> and wrote down the idea have guests on the podcast you know, there, there was a little bit more to it but that was the gist of it yeah and then it was like boom a full year of weekly guests mm -hmm. and here we are in season three after my hiatus it's like awesome do you still have the Kleenex? I'm not sure. If I do, it's somewhere. If I don't, it's somewhere else. <laughs> it's just like everything I, in the universe is a potato. I am. It isn't. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend say to me once, and I always remember it, and it's something I even tell my clients too, is you do, you're, you have so many ideas every single day, but just because you have an idea, it doesn't mean it should be acted on. And it's great to put it in the notes on your phone or jot it down on a Kleenex, but the ideas that you're supposed to act on, you know, you know, in your gut, or they keep coming up for you in the shower or before you go to bed, they're the ones that you can't forget about all the other ideas. you let them go. They came for a reason and then they left you, but the ones that keep coming up those are the ones that you're meant to take action on. And as an entrepreneur, you're constantly getting ideas. Like sometimes it's overwhelming. You're watching what other people are doing. You're letting your own ideas come in, come in but you, you see the you new thing that this other person just started and you're just like, I could do that too. <laughs> yes. And then you're scrolling TikTok and seeing all the things they're doing on TikTok. And at the end of the day, if you stay in your own lane and you commit to the ideas that excite you the most, you're much more successful than having that squirrel syndrome of like, oh, this idea, oh, this idea, oh, what about this? And never taking action on, on any of them. Yeah, well, and even, um, this reminds me of a thought I was gonna share earlier. Uh, there's this law of the freeway that basically says everyone is either, a, there's always somebody ahead of you, there's always somebody behind you. And, you know, we're, you know, not everyone's going in the same direction, but, you know, we're on this freeway of life. Mm -hmm. And you know, the great thing is we all have our own personal lanes, but that's you know, going a little bit deeper. And I was just having this discussion with somebody on Tuesday, I think it was, and they said, um, well, between the two of us, we came up with, you know, some people are walking and not even driving a car. Some people are riding a bike and making fun of us for stopping by and grabbing a car or motorcycle or even an e-bike. They're just like, dude, like you just stopped. What the heck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> I'm just cruising along. And you're just like, well, I know what I'm doing. And, you know, somebody else's, you know, 
going over to the other place and rigging up their own personal jet. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, is you don't purchase those things with, you know, physical money. It's Mm -hmm. internal action. Mm -hmm. Where each choice we make is a dollar. That can be expounded on and refined and made so much better. But as a determining it as I'm talking, I feel like I came up pretty good. I like it. That's really good. It's a very good visual. Every decision we make and act on is a dollar. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, maybe it's 10 or 20 or 100 or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, well, and even not every decision is created equal as well. So there's that. but it's you know some people have made all these decisions and they're still riding their bike mm-hmm. and they don't act on it and mm-hmm. so they've got all this potential sitting with them weighing them down okay go back to video games they never measure the gold in your weight in <laughs> rpg games <laughs> you know you can be walking around with a million gold pieces and you're just like i'm fine <laughs> 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 you know, if it was to actually measure that, you'd be carrying a few hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, you'd be dragging it behind you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's actually apply the weight to this example. If you have even just paper money, if you have thousands of dollars of paper money on your bike, you're going to be a flat slowing tire. down. <laughs> and yeah. again, going back to that example with being depressed, it will start to depress you. Mm-hmm. will press you down mm-hmm. to where you can't move as fast mm-hmm. and you'll start just dragging your bike instead of going over to the shop acting on any of those ideas and cashing out and getting a car a ferrari a private jet you know whatever even a jalopy that moves faster than a bike <laughs> that can carry the rest of the money but but that's when you start telling, like in, in real life, that's when you start telling yourself something's wrong with me or like, why can't I just do X, Y, and Z? And it, it, it's literally because you have all the knowledge. You're just not doing anything with mm-hmm. it. You're not cashing in your chips. You're not doing anything with it. And then you're putting it back on yourself. Like you aren't already capable of doing whatever you want to do because you are, you're just not putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And you, know, you can take this example and use it as another way to weigh yourself down. Don't <laughs> use it as a way to liberate yourself from what you have been carrying all this time and mm-hmm. say, okay, now I know better. I will do better. Mm-hmm. Go buy and, that Ferrari. Yeah. No, <laughs> not, not on your credit card. Use the money that you've accumulated with your, <laughs> you know, decisions and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, that analogy has lot behind it that can get really deep mm-hmm. it's a I'm great excited. analogy it's a great visual yeah i'm excited for my subconscious to process that one and <laughs> come up with better ideas and, uh, <laughs> you know, 20 episodes later here's a new better version <laughs> <laughs> that will definitely happen yep it'll definitely happen yeah that's cool well i feel like we're about time to wrap up um or you know getting to that point in the conversation where mm-hmm. things aren't necessarily flowing because it's time to just say okay that's awesome let's stop here but I yeah we said ask, all the what, really important things right well what's one time tip that you have that you would be willing to share 
Um, so specifically for moms in business is I, I always teach my clients that you need to pick three priorities, three tasks every single day, because every single mom will tell you, well, everything's a priority or everything's important, or I have to do it all. But if you pick three things to do each day of the week, not the same three things, but each day of the week that's related to your business or related to yourself, not washing the dishes, not anything chore family related, three things that either move your business forward or fill your own cup. Even though it's only three things, if you consistently do those, your business will grow. You will feel better. You will keep the momentum growing. When I first started my business and I had, I guess he was 17, 18 months old and a newborn, that's all I did. I did three things every day. I committed to it, even if it meant getting up a little bit early or staying up a little bit late. I committed to doing those three things. And that's how I was able to continue to grow a business. I didn't scale, you know, and make millions of dollars right away. Like people online want to make you think you can do, but those little baby consistent tasks are what have allowed me to be where I am two years later. So if that's all you can do, that's okay. Just commit to doing those three things. Awesome. And I'll take a wild gander and say, I don't think that do that. How much I say this? I, I would guess that building a website from scratch would not fit into one of those three. <laughs> we break that up into smaller steps. Yes. So I always talk about micro steps. Every single big project, if you say I'm going to make a sales page, that is typically broken down into 15 steps. So breaking stuff down into baby steps and then making those part of your tasks every single day with a baby as your mom deal with your business like a baby with baby steps exactly (laughs) it's all about realistic expectations for yourself but also keeping that consistency if you want both if you don't want both then that's cool do you but if you want a business while you're raising kids you have to you have to make the consistent little things a priority and you have to make them matter yeah Awesome. Well, anything else you'd add here, Gianna, before we wrap up? No, this has been a great conversation. There's so many, I I can't, I can't wait to listen to it myself when it comes out to like pull those nuggets out because this was really great. Awesome. Well, for people who want to find out more about you and, you know, possibly work with you and all that good stuff, where can they find you at? They can find me on Instagram or on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my handle is my name. So it's at Gianna Trelongo. Gianna has one and not two. That's the best place to find me. And if you listen to this and you loved this episode, which how could you not? um, You can DM me on Instagram. I love to talk to people, especially after they listen to a podcast episode. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being on today. And for listeners, remember you can rewrite your stars. It's not by chance, it's by choice. So choose and act. Yes. See you guys (laughs) next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I hope that you've been able to gain that missing piece or get that gold nugget you've been needing to continue rewriting your life how you want it to look. Until next time, I'm Benjamin Fincher, helping you to rewrite your stars.